dumb idiot. Looks like you got yourself a saucy hand. Yeah, I do. Try yourself a Picasso boneless wing. Hmm. Maybe next. Well. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, welcome into another edition of the Crowd Assist Podcast. Great addition do we have for you today. Host today, Captain Masseri, here with Meerkat and Mike Bunt, but can't go without Let's Talk Chats and Tyson. Um, Ty, really great having you on, man. It's always fun um, to have you on these. Had a great couple shows last year. They were great. Um, what's going on over there, man? What's going on in Jets World? Give us a little synopsis of how you guys are feeling right now. Coming with MVP Mike White. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I want to go to that block party, man. That block party was like a good time <laughs> in there. It amazing. is. Um, yeah, let's absolutely. see. The Jets are never a dull moment. It's been a roller coaster ride all season long. But now Mike White has rejuvenized everybody. Everybody's rejuvenated. We're all excited. No idea why, but uh, it's it's been rough, man. You got a you know first time head coach, first time coordinator, rookie quarterback that's now hurt. So it's been a it's been a wild and wacky week uh, year, you know. Absolutely. Show sponsor today, um, Outlet Liquor. Get out there and get what's your outlet uh, for some of the best and. Boneless wings at Picasso's. Get out there and try your favorite flavors, favorite boneless. And we'll, maybe we'll send some to Ty. I might um, need some. Right at the block party, he's gonna have to come up for the block <laughs> party when it's in Buffalo in a, in a couple weeks. Looks um, good to the, me, man. For the, for the Bills home game uh, against the Jets coming up soon. So the Bills actually Tyson. They they play. Um, you know, it's actually a pretty heavy. Jets Patriots two times each, and then they play the NFC South. That's it. That's all they have left on the schedule. Um, they're coming off of just probably the worst loss under yeah. Sean McDermott. Um, you know, some people try to compare the 2018 season. It was a season where Josh Allen was a rookie. They had, you know, uh, you're talking a bunch of different quarterbacks play. Just, it's not the same. I, I just cannot even come close to relaying that season of mattering to this. Um, so, you know, watching it from an outsider's perspective and the Bills absolutely sh- just shut down the Jags. I think it's the first time that they, their three losses, the quarterback doesn't have a throwing touchdown. Isn't that yep. crazy? Yep. Um, I mean, it's 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 a really crazy statistic. The number one overall defense, um, and they've they've played really good in stretches. But so from a Jets perspective, you know, you just kind of maybe look at the score at the end of the day or the games, and you're kind of watching your division, and you're like nine to six. So what does that what does that look like from an outsider's perspective as you're kind of, um, you know, well, watching that? I mean, going in, going into the season, I think I told you guys, I'm like the Bills were the team they beat. They're, you know, they're loaded on both sides of the football. You know, they bring him back most of their starters. Josh Allen was emerging as a rising star, MVP candidate, all these great things. And you're like, I thought there's a lot of pressure on you guys to go back to the championship game. Like, you got to, like, make a make a big run at it. Like, that's your kind of expectation, and, and rightfully so. So you're watching it, and you see the Bills struggle a little bit. You're like, well, that's interesting. You see the offensive line struggle. You see Josh Allen start to press a little bit. And a lot of things you, you, you were hoping to see from last year, you're not seeing this year. And, like, that's weird. And, like, obviously the Jaguars aren't a good team. So sometimes you play to level your opponent. There's trap games. There's letdown games, all this stuff. But some of the things you saw last week are alarming, man. I watched the game. I'm just curious. I, I love football, man. And the Jets played on Thursday. So you want to see what the Bills are going to do, you know? And you saw it. And you saw, like, how the offensive line was falling apart and the mistakes they were making. I'm like, wow. And, like, kept the Jaguars in the game. And it was just 
it was surprising. And then you have like, like I love Stefan Diggs. Like he's one of my, like a great receiver, like to see him not use like he was last year and, and certain different, it's just, it's just strange, man. And, and the, then the, 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 the funniest thing, if we're going to be honest here is watching the backlash from the bills fans, like bills mafia was on fire all week long, just ripping them up and down and backwards. And, and I'm like, dude, you guys think you have problems. Come, 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 <laughs> Come be a Jet fan for a couple of weeks. You guys be, be breaking more than tables. You know what I mean? But it, it's surprising. But you're still in a good position, you know, and I think you're going to be more than furious to come back and bounce back and blow back, blow out the Jets this weekend because everybody's ripping them, the media, the fans, every analyst. I mean, this is going to be your get-right game, I think, in your eyes at least. you got you got to get this win and just kind of turn the page a little bit. Yeah, certainly. And – you haven't seen a back-to-back Bills loss in over a season. Yeah. Um, it does, generally doesn't happen underneath McDermott, no matter um, whether you have the Colts and the Titans back-to-back or the Titans and the Chiefs or any combination of, of teams. You generally don't see it. Um, so you could imagine practice was supposed to be really good today. Um, they were said to have been really focused, no cocky dancing that they like to do, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and they're back on track, man. I mean, it's not one of those games where you can – you know, kind of reflect too long. I mean, the Patriots are right there. I mean, yep. you know, they mm-hmm. they probably expected to have some margin for a loss like that, but yep. it's not there right now. I mean, they, nope. they can't have another one. Nope. Um, and that that leads us to what we're talking about here today in the in, in the Jets game, really. That um, you know, I've liked some things that I've seen from the Jets offense, which is funny to say, um, especially recently yep. um, under not Zach Wilson. Um, yep. Talk to us about that. Like, what's the opinion there on your you know your your top pick basically playing the scout team, Joe Flacco trade, which is bizarre. Like Ridiculous. what I like Josh. I mean, Josh, why can't you have Josh Johnson in that role? Like what, what is going on? Talk, talk to us about um, that. I mean, and then them them playing pretty well. I think it would have been a different game last week. Had yep. he not gotten hurt. Yeah. I mean, let's well, all, I mean, Zach Wilson, they obviously started in week one and the more it played out, the more he was overwhelmed. He started to press. He tried to play hero football and he wasn't getting helped by anybody. Drop passes, poor offensive line play, poor play calling. It was like it just the, the perfect storm of just bad football on offense. So he doesn't play well. He unfortunately gets hurt, and then he comes out, and Mike White just comes in and starts lighting it up. And the, the offense was like night and day different. You know, like Zach Wilson couldn't make the basic throws, like a basic screen pass. He's throwing worm burners. He's throwing, he looked rattled. Mike White comes in, makes all the easy passes. The offense opens up. They can run the football. They can spread it around. And he throws for 400 yards. And I was there. I was like, this is a, this is amazing. Like, we went into the game saying the Bengals are going to blow us out. And same old Jets and nonsense. He comes in and plays probably the best offensive football we've seen in years. So, you know, now you see what Elijah Moore really is. You're starting to see what we can do on offense. And all the questions about Mike LaFleur that we had are kind of being kind of squashed because now you're seeing his innovative play calling, scheming guys open. It's a, it's a whole different game. And then, so, you're thinking maybe it's just Mike White. Well, he gets hurt on Thursday night as after throwing a touchdown, which is crazy. And then Josh Johnson comes in, and granted, he a lot of the points were in garbage time, but he was still flowing with the offense. Zach Wilson was playing garbage time, still wasn't doing anything. So Josh Johnson, good command of the offense. Playmakers are making plays. Michael Carter continues to emerge. So you're seeing a lot of good things. So that's great. The Joe Flacco thing is complete and utter nonsense. And I think what the Jets tried to do was try to be – they were trying to be reactionary because when Wilson was struggling, they're like, oh, Fans are like, you should have had a veteran backup. We told you so back in May. You should do all these things, and they didn't do any of that. So they go out and they bring in Joe Flacco. They trade for him, which is just insane <laughs> to trade. Like I, I, I mean, I just don't even get me started with that. They trade for the guy, so which is insane. And now you have him here. You don't even need him. Like, like J- Josh Johnson showed he could play. Mike White showed he could play. So now you have four quarterbacks on the roster. 
So Josh Johnson just played Thursday night, threw for 300 yards. He's on the practice squad now just because they're stuck with Flacco and he's your backup quarterback on Sunday. It's it's just ludicrous. But And the thing is, like, you can give Salah a pass for being a first-time head coach. Joe Douglas isn't the first-time general manager. He's been here already. He's, already, he's got a couple of years under his, his belt here. So he's making rookie general manager mistakes. They're trying to be reactionary, and they're trying to always portray that everything is fine. Like, when, when they press Salah on anything, oh, it's okay. Like, going into the bye, they're, they're playing horrible on offensive defense. Everything is fine. It's just execution. Bro, your defense is one of the worst in football. Historically bad. You're giving up 500 yards of offense, 260 yards of rushing. And don't tell me everything is fine. It's just, oh, it's, it's a couple things. No. The, the Colt game, I'm sure you guys watched a little bit of it and probably were laughing the whole entire time, is the running back was getting nine yards before contact. Yeah. That's a problem, man. So the quarterbacks, I mean, I'm glad Mike White is playing. I, Joe Flacco being the backup is ludicrous. And I'm glad Zach Wilson is sitting and learning and finding time to be just watch and observe because he was overwhelmed and he obviously wasn't ready to play. So to talk about Mike White a little more and, you know, something ludicrous, it, if Mike White plays out this season and he yep. continues to, you know, kind of shine, yep. is there an actual quarterback competition or Bring is this on. franchise, you know, you're invested in Zach Wilson. He's supposed to be the guy. You can use the excuse of letting him develop or whatever, yep. but like, is there actual questions that, you know, Mike White might actually be the guy? What do we do with Zach Wilson? Or is this a situation where they're just going to try to force Zach Wilson on it no matter what really happens well, come next year? Yeah, and that's a great question. That's what we're real curious about because Sal is trying to handle – he's handling it well as of now. And I think what he's saying is, listen, it's a week-by-week league, and Mike White's our starter. If he plays well – if he continues to play well, we're going to ride the hot hand. And you should because he's a young quarterback. And if you're getting a productive offense and you're flowing and the team is bought in, they've rallied around him. He's an emotional leader. Everybody's completely bought into Mike White. If he's playing well and he keeps continuing to play well, let him play, dude. And Zach Wilson, he's going to be here four more years anyway. There's no rush to see him play. If he can learn – and if, if, if that's the perfect world, dude, and I'm blessed you for even saying that. If Mike White plays well the rest of the season, we're seeing good quarterback play, and there's a legit competition in the offseason, great. And Zach Wilson's a competitor. He had nothing handed to a BYU. He's, he's, he's been here before. Let him compete for it, dude. Let, let it bring out those competitive spirits and bring out the best in both these guys. That's the it's this is We've never had this before. We've never had, like, one good quarterback, let alone two young ones trying to fight for it. You know, so this is great. Now, is, is this simply just a quarterback change and the offense got ignited, or is there more to this? Uh, I, I was reading up a little bit, and uh, I was checking out. Wilson was holding on to the ball on average 3.1 seconds. White's at 2.6. I saw that they cut down on 12 personnel from 32% to 18, and they increased 10 personnel uh, by 12%. So it seems like getting the ball out quicker, spreading the field, and running, <laughs> being able to run some things – while not being afraid of a rookie quarterback that can't yeah. handle it. Um, do you think that plays a bigger role, or is it simply just you don't have Wilson behind center anymore? I mean, I think Zach Wilson was completely overwhelmed, man. The Panther game, he was getting sacked like crazy, big hits. He was throwing interceptions. And I think he got to a point where he wasn't trusting his eyes and wasn't trusting his arm. He, he lost confidence. He was completely overwhelmed and didn't know what to do. And he was swimming out there. So then Mike White came in, and it, basically, it was basic fundamental throws, man, like screenplays. Like take what's in front of you. And Zach Wilson was pressing too much to the point where like sideline screens, he couldn't even hit anymore. Like he was just, you could say like he was tense, man. Like it was just so much pressure. Mike White came in and said, you know what? Here's check downs. Here's this, here's that. And the offense just flowed. So I think it's just it, the, the quarterback definitely gets rid of it faster. Like Mike White's making quick decisions. I just think Zach was just, just swamp, man. I think he could definitely do it, but the change made a big difference. And you saw Josh Johnson did the same thing. 
took what's in front of him. 300 yards passing last week. Just it's a Probably. learning process, you know. And to add yeah. one, one more thing on top of that, uh, I know you said best case scenario, you do have a quarterback competition because that means at least one of them stepped up. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of different philosophies. Some people believe in benching a quarterback. Other people uh, believe in letting them uh, get the rust off. We've seen Justin Fields actually kind of take a couple steps up yep. with errors in recent weeks. Yep. Is there the fear that if White performs and I guess Wilson uh, comes back and doesn't do well, that New York media might just destroy him? Is there? I know us in yep. Buffalo when we hit EJ Manuel, it was over pretty quickly here, yep. uh, pretty early into his second year. Is there the fear that that could uh, potentially happen with Wilson in New York? Well, I think the Jets are worried about this weekend. I mean, if they would have said, you know, because what everybody's seen is Mike White play well, play well and get hurt. It wasn't like he bombed out. He got hurt on a touchdown pass. So now Jet fans want to see Mike White. If you bench him when you know he's healthy and Zach Wilson comes in at home against the Bills and struggles even a little bit, he will get booed off the field. Because Jeff fans, this just it's the nature of the beast right now. Where everybody's frustrated, everybody's annoyed. And Mike White right now is the flavor of the day. It just is what it is, man. It's just being realistic. So I think the Jets realize that, listen, and, and more importantly, the locker room bought in. Like, if you watch how they played around Mike White, dude, they were so emotionally invested in him. Yeah. They were fired up, they were dancing, they're doing all kinds. You if you want to change the culture of your team, you can't have that kind of leadership and that kind of productivity. It's like, you know what? Time out. He's out now. We're going back to Zach. Dude, the locker room be like, are you kidding me? Like, what are we doing here? We're not competing. We want our best chance to win. So they they realize that's the case, man. They got to let Mike White roll it out. And if he if he kind of sputters out, then Zach could be the hero. If You know I mean? That could be the role he plays. And if it keeps going this way, then Zach's got to sit, watch, learn, and compete. So yeah. That's just – that's New York, man. You guys One, know. It's the way it is. Well, I'm a Yankees fan. I think yeah. I've told you before. So yeah. I uh, I get it. Like, trust me, I know New York media. I know the guys there. Um, So yeah. I have, a, like, a little – interest in that because i think it's interesting because how much they ridicule the yankees so i can't imagine yeah. um it's too much different but um you know and it's free agency there in baseball right now so that's that's yeah. a fun dynamic yeah. um in the arc media right now with, with what they're doing but and um with taking the mets coach and etc um but if you if you look at that so a really talking point i had i had to ask I'm a, you know, it's a big topic right now in buffalo the bills offensive line so similar to what you were talking yeah. about with um you know, the fans knowing they needed a vet quarterback in, in New York. Yeah. Similarly in Buffalo, Brandon Bean went on, you know, pretty much everywhere and said, our offense, our, we couldn't run the ball. We're one dimensional. We're very good at passing, but we can't run the ball at all. What did he do? He doubled down with this same interior offensive line. Um, so everyone in Buffalo is like, all right, maybe there's a scheme difference or there's something that we don't know. Like, why would you keep that offensive line the same? They went out and spent a third round pick on on, on a tackle we didn't know uh, would end up mattering as much as he did. Um, immediately inserted him into the lineup, moved Daryl Williams, their right, fairly paid right tackle to right guard. Um, and it was okay. I mean, there wasn't a huge problem with it. Um, you know, your rookie tackle goes down in Spencer Brown, and all of a sudden, it's a mess. You lose John Feliciano, a guy hi highly criticized, um, but apparently uh, played better than what we saw last week in Ike Butker um, and Cody Ford. It's a catastrophe of a, of a draft yeah. pick. Yeah. He's terrible. Um, Brandon Bean's biggest mistake, he's doubled down on it with three different position changes, yeah. um, and it's an issue. It's, it's an issue. Now, they're expecting to probably have Spencer Brown back, um, which is huge. John Feliciano is on IR, so they can they can still do a little bit. Of, uh, they can at least 
mitigate Cody Ford being in the game, which is right. just an absolute win on its own. And then Dawson Knox, we saw some footage where Dawson Knox alone and changes a whole line scheme. He's a really good blocker. Most people yeah. kind of think of him as a converted quarterback, finally coming on at tight end, really being a Josh Allen safety valve. You're talking about Stefan Diggs not getting the ball. It's mainly because of, da I mean, one of the reasons early on yeah. was Dawson Knox. Um, you know, he was open. Um, and especially against cover two zones, people dropping two, it's wide open. Um, and that's kind of what the Bills have taken advantage of and would probably continue to try to take advantage of um, with whatever Sala decides to run on defense uh, on Sunday. But my point to you, uh, Tyson, is I like your offensive line. Um, I, I mean, what? maybe I'm wrong. Are you, you, are you feeling okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you could. You could. Maybe what? I'm in a weird place. Maybe I'm in a weird yes. place after last week. But, you know, you look at some of the advanced metrics and they're not terrible. Um, they're, they're pretty decent. Um, and maybe as a unit, you could watch it and tell me otherwise, but I had to ask you like Connor McGovern is the eighth ranked center right now. Is that yes. not what you're seeing? Um, like don't talk give to me, me a little stats. bit about, please that. don't give me PFF stats. I, I'll go. Insane. No, I won't give you PFF stats, but those are good too. Um, oh, if please. I, they, they had up. Ashton Davis ranked the highest safety and he's horrific. I mean, That's crazy. Um, yeah, the, I mean, we I mean, have our own problems with PFF, but. I mean, talk, then talk to me about the O line. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, the, the the Jets did the same thing the Bills did. They the, Joe Douglas doubled down as well. So he doubled down on some guys that we thought should have been gone. Greg Van Roten has been horrific at right guard. He's still there, no idea why. And they didn't even bring a backup in. They traded for somebody from the Chiefs finally, but this should have been done in the offseason. Cameron Clark was a guy they kind of counted on. He got hurt early on, but Joe Douglas seems like he's supposedly an offensive line guru. So I think they get they get somewhat arrogant with some of their decisions. He doubled down on Alex Lewis, who never even made the roster. Greg Van Roten's been bad. McGovern's been kind of nowhere near a top eight center, in my opinion. I think that's ludicrous. Uh, Morgan Moses has been pretty good. But Makai Becton going out, Makai Becton wasn't really playing that, in my opinion, because I know people right. get mad about this. He's a fan favorite. In my opinion, he wasn't playing well before he got hurt. He had whatever, fitness issues, weight issues, whatever you want to call it. He was, he was struggling. George Fant came in and actually played well, which was surprising to everybody. So he kind of solidified things. They kind of cleaned things up. He got hurt. Chuma Doga came in and played well, which is even more remarkable. But overall, I think they're they they just they don't communicate well. And there's so many blown assignments where Zach Wilson was getting killed. You saw times Mike White. I mean, when they blow assignments, it's like a guy is running in clear and just blasting the quarterback, or the running back Vera is Tucker. hunting. Vera Tucker's very good. Vera Tucker was hurt. You came on. He's been mm. solid. But the problem is things. It's most in the right side. Most of the problems happen. You'll see times where McGovern. I mean, uh, Van Roo will actually have his hand on McGovern's shoulder. While the, the blitz is going right by him, like, he, and he looks like, oh, what happened? Like, dude, that was your guy. Like, the, the communication mistakes they're making are, are insane. Vera Tucker has been a fine, but uh, they're they're very inconsistent, man. They struggle with the run, and that's why the quick passing game helps them out because they can't. A lot of times, they can't hold their blocks. They just, it's ugly, man. There, there's been some really, really poor games. So, I mean, you're to hear what you guys are saying is refreshing. But I think the last two weeks kind of made things look a lot better than they really were. Maybe. Because Maybe, they, yeah. they they haven't been that good, you know. So, I mean, but now with, you know, if you're getting rid of the ball faster, you can run the ball. It makes things a little bit easier. But with a defense like yours coming after it, I mean, attack the right side and you're going to have a field day. So, <laughs> Well, talking about attacking, you know, an offensive line, we talked the Bills have been struggling. I mean, the, the Jets front seven isn't terrible yeah. right now, I feel like. And that, from a statistical standpoint, you know, like I, we talked about with the offensive line, I'm not watching the Jets every day. But it seems like, you know, Quentin Williams, Quincy Williams, John Franklin Myers, some of these guys getting, you know, after it a little bit, contributing. See, Could that be something, you know, the Jets take advantage of, get after a bit after, with I mean, the Bills? They just gave up 260 rushing yards to the Colts. 
Yeah. And yeah. the Patriots, the Patriots dropped 51 on them. So if you look at the Jets defense, the defensive line on paper is very good and they're very well yeah. paid. Quinn Williams has Pro Bowl potential. Sheldon Rankins is very good. Foley Fotokasi. Like you look at them and you have CJ Mosley at middle linebacker, who's still a very good player. Like in theory, that defensive front should be solid. They've had some injuries at linebacker. John Franklin Myers gets the big contract, whatever it is, $14 million a year, and he had three sacks at the time. Hasn't done much since. But you look at them and say, okay, listen, this should be the strength of our team because that's your foundation. And then this, the, the young secondary, you can kind of make up for it. And it hasn't been that way. They get gouged in the running game, which is shocking. They don't shed blockers, and they don't they get schemed out of games, which is weird because Sal is a defensive coach. So it's been completely disappointing. Like they have games where they'll have like seven sacks or like big sack games, and the next game they'll have none. They won't even generate an ounce of pressure. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle it with you guys because you have the mobility of Josh Allen, you have a lot of you know, a lot of versatility. But to me, the defensive line's been a disappointment. And you want to see them some somehow make changes, whatever it is, because they have too much talent to get blown with the ball like that and give up this many rushing yards. It's it's literally embarrassing. And it happens, it happened Patriot game, Falcon game last week. I mean. You're giving up like 340 yards every week. It's it's ins- it's crazy. I want to add on top of that. You you brought up the 260 rushing yards against the Colts, and obviously that is horrible. But the Colts, at least, they have a, a good offensive line. They have a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. There's True. some reasons, some excuses you can make for uh, the Jets' uh, defense allowing that. Now, uh, secondary, they, they only have one interception the whole year, and that's by a defensive lineman. Yep. Jack that's your guy. <laughs> knowing knowing uh, that the Bills can't run the ball, is this a game where maybe the Bills, if if you're the Jets, do you, do you think they'll try to establish the run uh, on Sunday? Or is it just going to be a game where the Bills should just continue doing what they do, just spread teams out, tack the secondary continuously? Well, see, the Jets' secondary is completely decimated now. They have three young corners. I mean, Bryce Hall's coming on. He's doing fairly well. Michael Carter's playing the slot. He's been doing okay. And Brandon Eccles, they're okay. They have no safeties. Marcus May is out for the year. LaMarcus Joyner is gone out for the year. You have nobody left. So now you're going to have two safeties. They're signing basically off the street. They're signing guys almost every day, and they start the following Sunday. So you can spread them out and attack them, and you know the communication is not going to be key. It's going to be a mess. So if you have no pass rush and your secondary is going to be kind of confused, you can, you can pass the ball all over them. And the other thing the Jets can't do is they can't cover running backs out of the backfield, and they can't cover tight ends. They, they just don't. They I don't know what it is. Wheel routes, tight ends, they just have a problem covering them. So those those go to strength as well. Like there's a lot of things you can get in the passing game, I think, that are just legitimate, like just it'll be a mismatch. What's interesting too is that defensive DVOA for the Jets is uh 32nd in the league. Um, so that kind of backs up what you're saying. Um it's a positive 16.8% based on their standings, yep. uh, their, their statistic, which means you have 17% more success playing against the Jets. Uh, as compared, just for reference, when you yep. play the Bills, you have 20, negative 26% of, of DVOA, yep. which would be your negative 26% worse, roughly. Yep. Not exactly, but roughly how they do their statistic. So you kind of flip it. It's like a 40% swing in this game, uh, plus uh, defensively, um, just alone. So... You know, you kind of look at that, but then you 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 look at it the other way where Jacksonville, um, you know, I'm sure they've been booped, uh, bumped up a little bit. Yeah. Their defensive DVOA is 27th now uh, with a 12% um, positive yeah. gain when you play their defense. Yeah. Um, so many Bills fans were probably saying similar things last week, looking at it like, well, even if our, you know, someone struggles somewhere, it doesn't matter because the Jacksonville defense is so bad. Um, yeah. You know, you kind of look at a very similar guys this week. Now what's funny, what story on I like out of this, we probably not talked about really at all. So I wanted to bring it up. 
is Salah said last uh, last year that he didn't know, like he really didn't know who Josh Allen was. And yeah. Josh Allen absolutely torched him yep. on Monday yep. Night Football. Just absolutely buried his his own defense um, yep. and just just drew all over it in a game that was just never really close at all. Um, I think there's just that extra boost of motivation the Bills just didn't have last week against the Jaguars. There was literally yep. nothing to play for. There was yep. half Bills fans, half empty. It was. Yeah. You know, it was just weird. It was a cold Florida day. It was actually warmer in Buffalo than it was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, it was just very strange, just all the way around. And they, you could, the Bills just, did, just straight up didn't care, which is which is a problem in itself. Right. Um, but this week, you got a little motivation division game coming off of that type of performance and a defensive secondary to me. Like I always liked May. Like I don't know yeah. why, but he was always yeah. someone that I was like. I'd take him as my safety. Like I yep. think, you know, the bills have two good safeties, but if they right. hadn't, I, I, I think he's a pretty good safety. Right. Um, is that a big loss for you now? Like, yep. I mean, or is it really just like, I mean, how much more, like how much can he really add at this point in the season? But, or is it really like going to be a major issue besides just Marcus Mays or communication issues? Yep. Did he, I mean, he had a large part of the defense. I'm sure he was a veteran in the, in the locker yep. room. Like talk to us about the loss of May. And it looked, yeah. I saw it. It looked horrible. That yep. calf injury that mm-hmm. obviously is Achilles. No, it's big, man. He's a veteran leader, emotional leader inside the locker room, on the field. Communication is huge, man. Especially like I said, they have, they have so many young guys out there. And then you have yeah. Ashton Davis next to him. Who's, Completely unproven and looked like he was completely lost last week. He just terrible angles, slow on coverage, just looked like he was completely in over his head. That's huge, man. I mean, that's why I'm saying you guys can attack a lot of things. And what you have the young corners, a lot of times, like when you're getting gouged, these big, the big, like what they call explosive plays or call it now, whatever it is, they always look to one guy to kind of get him back on track. That's always Marcus May. That's your voice right there. Like, listen, get over here, do this kind of, you know, realign this. And it's, he's gone now. And you have two safeties now that have no idea what they're doing. They like, Davis doesn't know whoever they bring in to start opposite who's him. Who's going to start a pop? Who, who's I guys? have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't even know. They signed a guy from the Eagles this week. They, they have like three or four guys are trying to figure it out, but nobody. I mean, it's just. And the problem they have is they haven't generated a pass rush, a consistent pass rush. So if, you, if you're going to just sit out there and they, and the weird thing with the Jets defense, their zones are strange, man. Like if it's third and five and they say that the down to go is on the 40 yard line, they'll be on the 43. They almost let you get the first down. Then they, then they swarm. Like a lot of schemes don't make sense. They've been like a lot of the the Jets analysts, like Bart Scott and Lazy Doosable, they're all like former defensive players. They're like, what are you guys doing? Your schemes don't make sense. It's just there's no no adjustments, no changes, and you're getting gashed. And when you when that happens, then the running game opens up. So I, I mean, Marcus May's loss is big. Um, and it's just I don't know. I don't it's it's not encouraging in the secondary right now. It's just not. Bounce over to another massive loss for you guys with former Buffalo Bill Tyler Croft. Uh, <laughs> that another huge loss, I know, just as impactful as May. But yeah. now, now with Croft out, I mean, it leaves you with Ryan Griffin, who's a guy, and Trevor yeah. Wesco, who reminds me of Reggie Gilliam here in Buffalo, where he's yeah. more of like a fullback, gadget yeah. guy, blocker yeah. than an actual tight end. So this is a guy, I'm a big draft guy. I fall in love with like late round tight ends, wide receivers yep. all the time. Kenny Yabawa, yep. is this his time? He's finally getting his chance? Because I was a Chris Herndon guy. I thought he was yep. underused. I thought, yep. you know, his whole career. I, a big Chris Herndon guy. And then when you traded Chris Herndon, I'm like, oh, Kenny Yabawa might actually, yep. you know, be involved in this offense. He's a big guy. He's athletic, gets over receivers. He can block a little bit. And it's an offense, you know, where you're looking for something at tight end. Yep. You got Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin. Yeah. So my yep. question's going on. 
where's your Bawa been? Are they not trusting him? I see he's just played like a handful of special team snaps, really. Is he yep. going to get a shot now with, you know, a Croft injury or is he Look just on the deep back cut burner? tight ends? We go deep cut here well, on the show. No, well, yeah, we had the Texans question. guy, and I asked about yep. Brevin no, Jordan, who hadn't been yeah. activated for a game yet. Yep. Then that week, Brevin Jordan, four catches, touchdown, maybe no, he he'll was... rub off. Yeah, you know, Yabo is a, is a fan favorite, man, because they're like always receiving ability. So Chris Herndon, we were a fan of him too, man. But he was like mm. the X factor we always hoped for and never worked yeah. out. Like all the talent, and then when he did play, he either dropped the ball or fumbled. So he had to go. The fact mm. he got compensation for him is completely incredible. Yeah. Um, Ryan Griffin is a guy, nothing there. But Yabo, the, the problem with him, though, is I think they ask him to block a lot more, and he's very inconsistent with it. Like yeah. blitz pickup and blocking, and their, and their schemes – they already have enough liabilities on certain sides, so you don't want to add him to the mix, and then he gets kind of overwhelmed. But now he gets a legitimate chance because they don't have nobody else. Wesco is is more like you said, a gadget guy, you know, big blocking guy. If he does little things, he maybe run the ball a little bit, but he's not a feature in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So if they they don't use a tight end position enough because they don't have any. That's the problem. So maybe if they want to go to that, maybe Ubo is the guy. But I think they're worried about seriously what how how much he understands and how much he can block because if they try to run the ball and he can't block. You don't want them to come in in only passing situations because that's obvious what you're doing. You know what I mean? So I think having him in the game kind of gives it away sometimes. So, but maybe we're all dying to see him, man. We need any help yeah. we can get on offense. Now, uh, with Corey Davis coming back this Sunday, yeah. is there any concern that that could negatively impact Elijah Moore, who's really gone off uh, the last mm-hmm. couple games uh, for the Jets? And uh, to further that, uh, how do you think the the Jets will fare against the Bills' defense? Obviously, uh, going up against the top unit in the league this year, but a Jets team that has had some recent success. I mean, Corey Davis came with a lot of expectations. We thought, like, we were sold that he's going to be a number, one, like, a very good number one receiver. He's a very good complimentary receiver, probably like a good number two. But like you said, Elijah Moore's coming on, which we all wanted to see, and he's been coming on from the outside. He wasn't even coming on from the slot, which was interesting. So now it's like Denzel Mims is out with COVID. So you have a lot of different weapons. I think I'm hoping they can kind of complement each other where they can kind of use them in different roles. Like LaFleur likes to kind of move everybody around. They kind of like scheme different things and have packages. And I'm hoping they kind of like Corey Davis actually frees up more for more and more can free up Corey Davis. And they can kind of use those kind of different roles. And then you have Jamison Crowder, who's super reliable and kind of versatile as well. And, you know, they, they have the Jets have some pieces. And the one thing about Mike White, he spreads the ball around like he had. Against the Bengals, he gave to 10 different receivers, which is in Jets land is like a, a miracle. Like we never we usually have like two guys that have like five catches and we celebrate that and call him a pro bowler. Now you have 10 guys catching passes and we're like, this is amazing. So I think it's a lot of good things. I think Corey Davis coming back definitely helps a lot and could probably spread things out and actually give you know, the floor more options. And Moore is more is a good player, man. We watched him in training camp, watch him in practice. He's super explosive. He's got the ball in his hand more. They just they got to just, you know, find ways to get involved more and not wait, you know, a quarter or two quarters to, to make it happen. So talking about getting the ball in a you know, guy's hand more, another guy, I'm jealous on your roster, I feel like just being completely underutilized. He, I know he's got the COVID setback right now, is Denzel Mims. Mm-hmm. I mean, snaps have gone off the past few weeks and stuff, but I thought Mims was going to come into this season, despite yeah. all those, you know, offseason yep. additions at receiver, and have a huge role in this offense. I thought he looked good as a rookie, dealt with some drops and stuff, but I loved Mims. I was yep. jealous you guys got him, and I was scared of him coming into the season, and it's been like, where has he been, you know, other than the past couple of weeks, I guess, seeing the field more. But 
is this where you know was he doing you know you hear the media reports and stuff but yeah. i want the inside scoop was he doing something wrong was he a bad locker room guy or breaking team protocols or just lazy at practice or is this yeah. team giving up on him or what's going on with denzel mims give me the scoop because well, dude I don't, I'm jealous I don't, of him and i'm like dude, what's we, going on he was a fan favorite and every week it was like free denzel mims free denzel mims especially when the <laughs> offense was putrid like the offense was like you know zach wilson have 150 yards passing and we were going backwards like how do you not have a guy like denzel mims in a lineup, like he was in, inactive for a while. Yeah. Then he was at, and then he was active. Like Salah kept saying, "Oh, he doesn't play special teams." He kind of talked in circles about Mims for about three weeks, and then he finally, due to injuries, had to play him. Then when Mims played, he had like one catch. He was terrible last week. He had like three drops last week. He was yeah. terrible. The Bengals game, he had a drop in the end zone, which could have been a touchdown. I think he's probably ridiculously frustrated. But the Jets also have guys that are ahead of him that are actually pretty good. Like I like Keelan Cole. Like, I think he's yeah. a very good receiver. He's been a pleasant surprise. You have Crowder, you have Moore, you have Davis, Braxton Berrios, who does returns. So they have a lot of competition there. And I think Mims just kind of got caught in the, like, the hairs. But it's like the Jets, they, it seems to me like they're, that's the only guy they hold accountable. Like we would yeah. watch Greg Van Roten play terrible week in and week out, never gets benched, never this. And whatever Mims is doing, it's just pissing them off. And they're trying to either make him compete to be better or do something and make him try to rise to the occasion. It's not happening. But it just seems like he has so much talent to not be on the field is crazy. Yeah. And now, you know, it's like the last week he was bad. I guess the Colts, he was really bad, man. And I'm not – if his confidence is shaken or he's just demoralized, you know, I don't, I'm not really sure. It's, that's the one player that all fans want to see more of, and the Jets, the Jets coaching staff can't really answer questions of why they weren't playing him other than making up excuses that you can see right through. You guys got to eventually hit on a second round receiver, man. Oh, like at, dude, some, at me, some man. point, <laughs> at some point, that second brutal, round, man. maybe it's just a terrible round. Um, I mean, the Bills have struggled in that round too. It's a, it's a hard round. Yeah, Zay Jones, Cody Ford. I mean, it's a yeah. hard round. Um, you know, the Bills doubled they when they traded for Josh Allen, the pick for Josh yep. Allen. Um, they decided to keep their first and get rid of they had a stockpile of seconds and just yep. just dump all the seconds that they could yep. to get Josh Allen. Um, and really they didn't pay that much. They traded um, you know, a tackle. Is is Cordy Glenn out of the league? Is Cordy Glenn out of the league? He was on the Bengals last time, I remember. I I, I'm not sure. I, I believe he's out of the league. So they got a really good value then for him. So yeah. they basically yeah. traded a tackle, a bunch of second-round picks. Next thing you know, they have Josh Allen. So, I mean, it worked out. But I, they they basically say this round's hard. And the Bills double down in the third round a lot. You know, Dawson yep. Knox, they, they like their third-round picks. They, um, they really they feel something about those. But second round's brutal, man. I look at the Jets and I'm like uh, I'm like they they just every time I look there like there's their, their second round picks are floating around on practice squads uh, every time that I uh, that. I I just uh what's his name? I just saw assigned to a practice squad. Your other the one before Mims. Um oh uh Devin Tom Devin Devin Smith. Yeah. He's, Devin he's Smith. with the Cowboys and yet Stephen Hill, he's out of the league. They have a they have a bunch of them, man. It's just yeah, that's brutal. Um, now Elijah Moore looks like like the winner, obviously. Yep. Um, maybe it's recency bias, but does look <laughs> like the winner. Um, Min, so he's on the COVID list. Is he out for sure? The last we heard, they said he was. I don't know. Okay. They haven't really yeah. gone into the whole vaccination status and all the other stuff like that. But that's the last. When we heard did he come out. down with? When did when did I think that? it was announced? Was it yesterday? Okay. Yeah, they, they said they said Corey Davis yeah. was full practice today, so Corey Davis okay. is fully healthy. Okay, so, so yeah, so Mims would be out then at least a, yep. at least a ten days usually. Yep. Um, yep. So he's pushing next week even. Um, injury report on the on the Jets end looks. I don't. I mean, as far as active players, not on IR, looks yep. pretty pretty good, right? Like yep. you're you're expecting most of these guys to go. Looks yep. like Tevin Coleman, Corey Davis, uh, Shaq Lawson, Vera Tucker, Wilson. Obviously, Shaq Wilson's Wilson. not going to play, but 
Um, are all those guys going to play? Yes, I mean, like, yeah, like, like Tevin Coleman, to be honest, they don't even need Tevin Coleman. They, what they're getting out of Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, like, I love Michael Carter, man. Michael Carter is probably my favorite player on the team for what he's bringing to the table, his energy, his enthusiasm. It just, he brings a lot, man. So they don't even need Tevin Coleman. Vera Tucker is going to play. Shaq Lawson, he had the one interception, the big play, but that's, he's been kind of pretty much invisible. You know, so it's like the the biggest thing for them is Corey Davis coming back. I think that's going to help a lot. You know, it's, it's you know their offense. They have weapons for the first time in a while. And he's probably a big part of it. So and then yeah, you know, like, obviously like Tyler Croft being out, but whatever. Yeah, finally using Carter more as a receiver too, which you know yep. scares me a bit because the Bills yep. have been vulnerable to you know running backs out of the backfield. And Carter, another guy like yep. coming out of the draft, first few weeks of the season, I don't think he saw a lot of targets and nope. stuff. You know, he was getting carries there here and there, but. I was like, why are they not giving him the ball in the backfield? I know Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, both guys who can catch the ball too. Uh, But yeah, Carter's definitely a guy I'm afraid of. Uh, Talking about that backfield and, you know, kind of giving up on guys, my theme of questions here. This is a guy I don't like. I'm not jealous of, but are you guys just done with Michael P. Ryan? Is he just whatever? Dude, it's just, that's a draft pick that it's like when they signed yeah. Kevin Coleman, like you have four running backs. Like if we're being completely transparent, I like Josh Adams, who, who's now gone. I think he's a free agent now. I thought Josh Adams. Buffalo last week. Yeah. 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 But I thought he was better than Michael P. Ryan. So they tried to sell us that Michael P. Ryan was like this bully, like goal line back and all this yeah. stuff. But he didn't get ready. He wasn't getting any snaps at all. So last week when you figure Tevin Coleman's been out, you have Michael Carr, Ty Johnson, and it's a game that's a blowout. You're down 42-10. P. Ryan's still not getting run. So it's kind of like, you know what, at some point you realize it's not the guy or they don't, he doesn't fit. The one challenge this, a lot of running backs had was blitz pickup where Ty Johnson was struggling tremendously at first, you know, early on. So is Michael Carter. So I figured, you know what, P. Ryan, in, in theory, is a veteran. Like he, he should have he has experience. So that's where he could be able to shine, but he was hurt. But now he's an active man. He's doing nothing at yeah. all. So it's like another one. Like everybody praises Joe Douglas for his trades. He's got some draft picks that are doozies, man, where it's like yeah. they're just not even – if you can't play offense with our offense now, it's like that's not a good was sign. Was Coleman inactive because he sucks, or was he? Did he he's have been, an injury? He's been he's been hurt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that like, was hurt, hurt enough not to play. Yeah, he had like I think it was, a, was it a hamstring? I think it was, but he's been hurt. He's been banged up. And then like the one thing I like is that they're they're not afraid to go to the Michael Carr now. Like it's like I know they they got to kind of earn their spot, which is Salah's big thing now it is I guess. But now Michael Carter's showing what he can do, and it's hard to take him off the field. Like you see him what he can do. And you, we have, we've been so bad on offense. When they're making these plays, you can't take them off the field now. You have to keep going to them. You know, Ty Johnson's coming on, which is good. But Piran, I don't expect anything out of him, man. It's especially if, Col- if Coleman running back. backs. Your fourth round running backs, your second round receivers, right? Yeah, um, it's just we've had some doozies, man. I mean, Michael Carter's a, a fun piece to the offense yep. because, yeah. um, you know, the Bills kind of were hoping for similar in Zach Moss a um, yep. couple couple drafts ago now, and. Um, you know, Bills fans are all over the board on, on their running back situation. So it's really interesting. Some people love Singletary, love him. Some people hate him. Some people yeah. love Zach Moss and some people hate him like myself. Yeah. Um, and you have people in between. So yeah. Michael Carter to me is like what we were looking for out of Zach yeah. Moss. Um, and I think the Jets are getting it. And in my opinion, the Bills aren't in terms of what they were expecting. They love their third round running backs. Um, yeah. So is Michael Carter a, a piece to the – I know you – I think you said he was your favorite player. Is he mm-hmm. a piece to the offense going forward, like yeah. when this is all said and done, you go into yeah. next year, this is all buttoned up this year, these games, yeah. Mike White games don't matter anymore. Is this a piece yeah. to the offense? You want to see the Jets starting running back in 2022. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a slam dunk, man. I mean, you have Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. Like, this year is a year about, you know, rebuilding and finding building blocks for the future, developing an offense, which we haven't had in like three years. So now it's like you got to try to find like Vera Tucker, Becton, Moore, you know, but Good he's pieces. yeah, and Carter is legit, man. Like you said, they mentioned before, like yeah. he catches the ball in the backfield, but he's like he's like a, a fiery guy, emotional guy. Like he's just players gravitate to him. So he's definitely a piece, man. He's he's a lot of fun to watch. He's yeah, shifty. He, he's powerful. He drags guys. He's he's a good player. He's got like 350 yards the past three weeks yeah. total. I mean, he's lighting it up. And he kind of reminds me of what I wanted Devin Singletary to really be. Yeah, you know, just on a real limited basis. I know it's been, you know, real three yep. games of just Michael Carter's emergence, yep. but he, he's a similar type guy. And man, I, I just hate watching it because I, I'm a Singletary guy and Kevin brought up we don't like Moss that much, but the, the Bills just aren't doing it in the backfield. And yeah. I, I don't know if, it, you know, we're going to try to get something going against the Jets. You were talking about the point seven. You know, they've been abused the past few weeks against yep. the run. I don't know if that's even going to be in the game plan, though, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how you guys attack the Jets defense. I really am mm -hmm. because the offensive line is struggled. You know, I mean, the defensive line struggled. So it's like if you can take advantage of that, and they don't set the edge well a lot of times too. So Josh Allen's mobility can have a big, big, you know, asset there as well. So right, there's a lot of opportunities for you guys to make plays. It's just it's gonna be fascinating. I'm telling you, especially Marcus Mayout. That's yeah. it's it's a big blow to the team. I mean, yeah, from, I mean from, from what you're saying, it it sounds like you expect the Bills' offense to just go off on Sunday. And yep. you, you look up at the matchup. If your D line can't get pressure, it really is set up for for the Bills to have a big big day but me and Kev we we talked on Sunday before the Jaguars game and we thought the same thing against Jacksonville and and that turned out to be one of the most disastrous games of the season I think right now with the Bills offensive line you just don't know uh week to week what you're going to get yep. from them and uh like Kev mentioned earlier we got a little bit of antsy uh Josh uh the other day I did want to this is a little off topic but I did want to ask you a question about Joe Douglas so I know when you guys brought him in, that was considered a home run hire. Everybody was excited. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of hype around uh, that hire. Now, we've talked about some of the hits recently, uh, a couple of the good guys like Elijah Moore, uh, Carter. But the great unknown is going to be Zach Wilson. What is the feeling uh, in New York about Douglas? And is there pressure on him, uh, maybe not this offseason, but going into next year, that if they don't have a, a winning season, he might be on the hot seat? Or is that too soon to say? Um, he, he right. He was like the, fa the fan favorite for a while. And then everybody's saying like he he got a lot of credit for hiring Sala. Like we all didn't think he was going to get Sala. We thought he was going to go to somebody that he knew. There was Doug Peterson rumors. There was Wink Martindale rumors. But he went completely outside the box and hired Sala, which was impressive on many accounts. His draft class last year gets criticized a lot. But now you look at this year's draft class, when you have Moore and Carter and different guys starting to show up, that gives him some positivity. He gets a lot of credit for the trades he made. He got a lot more value for Sam Darnold than we ever expected, the Leonard Williams trade, the Jamal Adams trade. He's gotten pretty good value. So his draft class is, you know, he's he's getting, you know, decent value there. The free agency, if people are being very honest, has been very mediocre at best. He spent a lot of money and not getting a lot of return on his investments. Obviously, Carl Lawson getting hurt was a big blow. That's a lot of money, though. The offensive line, which we mentioned, so there's been some things there, but I think he gets at least another full year because they're going to let this, they're all buying into the rebuild, man. Like new coach, new scheme, wiping out the, they had a barren roster, trying to replenish it. So they're going to get, I think this year they knew they were going to, they were going to suck. They expected three or four wins. We all believe, we all know that's going to come. So the expectations are low. 
Next year, it's going to be like, you know, we're going to expect more competitive, seven wins, get up there. And assuming that either Mike White becomes a complete legend or Zach Wilson's playing football and can be a competent starter and starting to get that two to three year progression. Like, you know, it's like year one is trying to figure it out. Like just like Josh Allen, year one figured out, year two get better, then take that big step where you're like a legitimate NFL quarterback. And that's what they're kind of, but he's going to have a couple of years though, man. They're just, the, the Johnsons are ridiculously patient. They don't hold anybody accountable. They're going to sell us all kinds of nonsense, no matter what happens anyway. But Sounds he like gets Steinbrenner's honestly. Oh, uh, Chris Johnson, Woody Johnson. They just, they just unplug the microphone. Just stop talking. <laughs> like just have like, have like a press secretary talk for them. It'd be so much easier. It's saving their embarrassment, but uh, no, Joe Douglas is safe for a little while. And especially now with the way these young guys are emerging, it's kind of, it's going to take the pressure off them. Yeah. Yeah, I think one funny topic we've had is that, like, actually, I've seen it a little bit now after the Jags loss here in Buffalo, is that the Jets wins are more impressive than the Bills wins. I've seen it a little bit um, because, obviously, they beat the Titans. Appreciate the win yeah. against the Titans for yeah. our purposes. Um, <laughs> don't appreciate the double swappings by New England, though. Um, definitely don't appreciate that. Um, but I do that the Cincinnati win could help the Bills at some yep. point. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um but the Titans one definitely helps because that's the team they're competing with potentially for high seeding. Yep, um, so those are, those are good wins. Now I look at the Jets schedule and I see some wins in that though. Like I see a Texans game, you know, the dolphins are there dolphins. twice, the Jags Eagles. What are the Eagles? Yep. Like there's more than potentially three yep. or four wins. That's five, yep. four, five wins. Um, especially, oh, ex dude, especially where we're coming from. We were the worst that's in the football the last two years. I mean, we, yeah. we, the Adam Gase experience was the most miserable experience any football fan could experience. So you're looking, we were a terrible team with a terrible roster with no leadership and nothing. So now you're, you're kind of coming back up. So if you get five wins from two, that's your double. I mean, that's, that's big for us. And you know, it's like, it's, and there's just the whole most important thing is just show that you have progress momentum and you're being well coached. And there's a blueprint and a plan. Like, you know what the hell you're doing. Like, don't sell us something. And we watch him like, dude, you're lying to us because you're not you're not doing what you say you're doing. Yeah, the so, defense is a weird topic because of how bad they're like. I expected the terrible. defense to be stingy. I expect your offense to struggle. Yep. Um, but the stingy defense or the 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 not the 32nd DVOA from from the head coach. Dude, it's not even but the weird like you mentioned matchups before. Like, just say go into the, the Falcons game in London. At that point, you said you gotta you gotta figure out for two guys. Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. That's it. They had nobody else because everybody else was injured. Ridley was out. They had nothing else. They didn't cover either one of them. They got torched by both of them. It was another bad defensive performance. Like you do, we do like preview shows just from a fan perspective. We don't give you like all these crazy X's and O's, but the basic matchups you can figure out, the Jets couldn't even do that. And it was like, even like in the <laughs> Titan game, when you like, even like, okay, you got to cover Derrick Henry, but also, you know, work, work out from McNichols and somebody else. And like Josh Reynolds torched us. It was like, dude, you like it just made no sense. Like the Titans receivers were all hurt. AJ Brown was out, Julio That's Jones right. was out, they're all out. Right. So it's like you don't, you know what you have to do, and they still couldn't do it. So it's like, what are what matchups are you taking advantage of? Where's the defensive line doing? And it's just it's maddening, man. Like, like the Shaq loss in play was was amazing. The, the Bengal game was wild. That was a game that we kind of is like our great deodorant right now, where it kind of hides all the other bad things we've done over the, the, the previous <laughs> games. But the defense has been bad, man. It's like legend like it's historically bad yeah and like i said i mean i think there's some wins on the schedule the tight yeah. you got the texans one you got the you potentially the eagles two dolphins game the jags yeah. the bills at the end of the year could it matter i don't know so yeah. you have you have a bunch of wins in there um so 
Um, we'll see what happens with the Jets. I think not the Buccaneers, man. We can't beat the Buccaneers. I mean, honestly, the week at the what was that week 17? Like, yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, like, the teams you have been beating, how yeah, that'd be rule it out. <laughs> yeah. Are the Bucks playing for anything? January 2nd, probably not. The Bills and the Bucks at the end of the year, both ways. Man, you got to be careful. You're going to lose some draft picks. Um, some draft selections winning some of these games. As long, as, long as Seattle keeps losing, who cares? We got their first round pick, so we're Dude, good. That's right. The yeah, Jamal Adams so. fiasco. Oof, my gosh. So you got your setup. Kudos to um, you guys for that, pulling that one off. Yeah. Let's boy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Okay, yeah. well, it's time for the show. It's time to, you know, obviously the show's brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Um, Outlet Liquor prediction time. We're gonna go oh. around the room and we're gonna start with our guests as we always do predictions oh. for this matchup. That's not um, fair. Um, yeah, I know it's really not fair. Oh. But hey, you're on you're on this show. Your your viewers won't clown you too hard. <laughs> um, um, but we're gonna definitely bounce it oh, to you for man. prediction show. And we're definitely catching you week 18, week 18. What the hell yep. number is it? 18. Yeah, um, yep. We'll catch in January again, but in November, you're going to have to give us a real prediction. Bill's coming off of a loss. Robert Sala story a little bit in Josh's mind. This guy still doesn't know who I am. Like kind of talk, talk yeah. to us. Like what, what are you thinking for? for this? Well, I think, I think the bills are a good team. Obviously we all know that. I think they're going to be angry as hell, man. This is you like, you've taken a beating all week from everybody. They're going to be rallied around. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to play very good football. But I think Mike White does energize this Jet team. I think it's going to make things a lot more interesting than people probably nice. expect. I think the point spread is, what, 13? I don't think it was 13. 12 and a half 12. right now. Yeah, it's, it's up there, right? Um, I think you're probably going to get a spirit of death from the Jets. But I just, to me, I don't have any faith in the defense. And I can't, like, I'd like to be a fan and be like, oh, we're going to win the game. We're going to do this. But I just haven't seen enough from the defense. And knowing what the, your potential of your offense is, I like Josh Allen. And I'm, I like Stephon Diggs. I'm just, I'm a fan of both of them. I like the way they play football. So I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, nice. I think the Bills are going to win, unfortunately. I can't give you guys a Jets win. I'm not going to fall into the homer rule. I'd say like 31-21, something like that. But the Jets are going to get it. Like yeah, I think there'll be a lot of Bills fans there. I think MetLife's going to be crazy. But I think the, the they're going to play well with Mike White. I think they're going to kind of rally and put up some points and keep it competitive. But the Bills are a better team. So Historically, does MetLife bring in offense or defense? Historically. <sighs> MetLife doesn't bring anything, man. MetLife's a... <laughs> <laughs> Not much, man, but it's just, but right now the fan base is really inspired by, by Mike White. So the, the fans that do go to the game, which would probably be what, 25,000 maybe, Bill's fans probably be what, 10, 15,000? They, so like yeah. they, they, they like to travel right They now, travel so. well, so it'd be a rowdy crowd, but I think it's going to be, hopefully it's a fun game to watch. Hopefully it's a competitive game, like for my sake at least. I know you guys would be happy with a blowout, but i like to see some kind of competitive nature here the bills don't have a lot of film on him like straight up like yeah. they're gonna try their best and they've pretty much kept even patrick Mahomes at every quarterback they've played down and you know the list isn't that impressive obviously they but they can't control that though um yeah. they can't control the quarterbacks that they that they have to play um and just generally play pretty well against average yeah. to below average quarterbacks you know yeah. where does mike where does he stand I, we're gonna have to find out, but I can't bump him more than above average or right. average yeah, type of quarterback. So yep. McDermott plays really well generally, but and he did last week too. Like they lost, but yeah. literally, absolutely, just didn't demolish the Jags' offense. Um, so you know that's the kind of effort you'll get from McDermott. He's very good against mediocre quarterbacks, right. or worse. Yep. So um, I, I mean, that's the statistic to know. Um, Meerkat, what do you got for us in terms of prediction? In terms of prediction, honestly, I, I like the Bills take out a anger, like Tyson said. 
Uh, I do think the Bills cover the 12 and a half point spread. This is kind of a, like a get right game. The past yep. two games were supposed to be get right games, and we were supposed to be rolling at this point already, heading into the tougher part of the schedule. But th- this is, you got to get it right. Brian Dable's got to have a hell of a day uh, with his play calling. I'm not discounting Mike White. I'm not discounting Michael Carter uh, or the Jets, you know, be a little frisky there. If I had to throw like a score on it, I'd say like a 30 to 17. You know, I I don't say the Jets don't score in this game, but I think the Bills hit the 30 mark. Okay, fine. What do you got for us? I'm going to go Bills 27-17. I think the Jets can actually keep this close for a little bit. Uh, main reason being, I, I feel like the Jets always give the Bills at least a somewhat decent effort, even when, uh, it feels like the Bills yeah. are dominating the line of scrimmage. They still sometimes struggle to put uh, New York. Those week in. one games, man. I mean, right. yeah. I mean, I know last year doesn't have anything to do with this season, but I remember the six field goal game. Uh, that's in the back of my head. And, uh, there's too many times that uh, the Bills just they let teams stay in a little bit closer. Um, and the, the one thing I did want to bring up too, uh, the and this is why I have a, a lot of confidence, regardless of what the Bills' offense does. Kev, you mentioned the three losses. Uh, that the Bills have had this year. Opposing quarterbacks have only thrown for 175 yards, one touchdown, one interception in those three losses. The Bills' defense is balling. So uh, it's just hard for me to see the Jets keeping up in the end. Uh, But like I said, I do think they have a chance of at least keeping it close for a little bit. Yeah, one of them was the Titans' offense, too, in those losses. So in a a game where Josh Allen slips, I mean – Straight yeah, up, yeah. the Bills could have gone to overtime if they felt like yep. it. They didn't feel like it, as we all know the story there. Um, you know, they were going for the win. They didn't have many losses at the time, and they just said, let's bury Tennessee. Um, and, you know, you can debate that decision, Ty. Uh, do you like the Bills? I don't know if you watched that Monday night game. Do you Do you go for it, or do you kick the field goal? I go for it. You go for it. I thought, I, and I, like, I'm, I like Josh Allen. He's on my fantasy team, my freaking quarterback. I'm like, yeah. I'd go for it. He just slipped. He would have got it, and that's – I like the way he they ever. handled that. 30 for 30, 31 for th- or 30 for 31 in that situation. Yep. So, I mean, knowing that you're 90% plus 95% to, yep. to convert, how do you go against the statistics there? Yep. Yep. That's, that's, that's tough, but um, really, really good conversation. Really looking forward to bring you mm-hmm. on. Maybe, maybe it'll be fun in week 18. Um, Can you imagine? Imagine yeah, maybe, something. <laughs> maybe, maybe oh just win a bunch of, they schedule sucks. Um, and AFC is not that good. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe yeah, but if it's fun, it's not going to be fun for us. You know that. <laughs> That's true. Well, it could matter for them though, and and not not the Bills. Yeah, we'll see. They, they if, could you, have some... if you need that game though, that'd be hysterical. If you guys are sweating bullets trying to, that'd be funny. Against the Jets, that'd be funny. Payback on the Fitch year, where uh, oh that game. Oh, there's sorry. two. There's two scenarios now. Now that the Bills have, have lost a few games, you got them playing for the division potentially mm-hmm. at the end of the year with a division game, needing that division yep. win to clinch a whatever yep. wild, you know, yep. some scenario. Yep. Or two, number say they're still playing good. The number one seed. Now that there's only one bye, that could be in play. Yep. And lastly, if it's really wheels fall off, they could be playing for for a wild card spot. That would so be wild. There's, there's three scenarios that could make that game matter. I guess, and maybe maybe it doesn't. Um, but that fits. I'm Patrick looking forward game, to. Man. Oof. I, I was there that. for that. Oh my man, god, it was so terrible. Weird. I remember that man. Um, that was crazy. Those Bro. have done that to their AFC opponents you quite know, often. They did. In hindsight, I kind of wish Fitzy got it done, just so he could have yeah. had that one playoff opportunity. Yeah, he never uh, he never got it done, did he? Nope. Never. Nope. Never got it done. Even the Dolphins last year, same thing. He couldn't get it done to do it this year too. He had a solid offense around him before. Oh my god, that's that's actually really sad. Yep. Buffalo just buried him twice. Oh my god. 
Um, yep. Anyways, Ty, really appreciate you coming on for an hour. Um, you know, it's always great. Tell us what you're working on, how people can find your show at least this week. And then we get aforementioned yep. week 18. Um, tell us about that and what you do and when you do it. Well, uh, we're, well, thank you for having me. First of all, you guys are awesome. I love this show. So uh, let's talk Jets radio. We're primarily on YouTube, man. We're on Monday, Tuesday nights, eight o'clock, Friday nights, eight o'clock. And we stream the games on Sunday. Just fans talking football. And we have a awesome, awesome community in our chat. It's like a little, like a little, let's talk Jets family. It's complete chaos. We're uncensored. So we, we do a lot <laughs> of crazy it. stuff and uh, that's it, man. We appreciate it. It's just, it's a lot of fun, man. It's, we actually, you know, the cool thing is we, a lot of Bills fans follow us and like interact with us that. and it's super cool, man. So we appreciate, and we, we, and we respond to every comment we get. We respond to all the direct messages, everything we get. And we're having a lot of fun. So yeah, let's talk awesome, Jets man. radio on YouTube. I can say that um, you got, I don't know if, well, we didn't show any comments. You know, our firm. So you got Afrim. Yeah, you yep. got Afrim in here. Um, yeah, man. Like, look, I've been on it. I've I've gone on a couple times. I'm gonna jump on it at some point. One of your shows this week. It is. It is. A, it is a riot, guys. So any Bills fans, mm-hmm. go join the fun into their Let's Talk Jets. Um, I get to see some of my Yankees fans that are Jets fans um, yep. over there. So uh, it's always it's always fun to uh, to see those guys just wilding out, like right from Yankee season, keeping it rolling, yep. keeping it down yep. the train in the Jets season. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, you love to see it. Um, this show has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor. It's been brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. Get out there and try some of the best boneless wings in Buffalo. And definitely try that char and cut pepperoni. It's something we, hey, we have up here, Ty. It's these little pepperonis that just fill with grease. Do you have that down in? Do you That's have that perfect. down in there? I need some of those. Okay. There you go. You got to help me um, out here. Yeah. We, you got to get him some, some Picasso's pizza. Yeah. That's we right. got to get him some Picasso's boneless. Meerkat, any final notes for us? But man, I, I want to see Kenny Oboa succeed for you guys. I just hope it's not this week. Exactly. <laughs> but what do you got for us? Uh, just excited for another divisional game this Sunday, and hopefully we'll get a good one for both of our six. All right. From the Crowdis's podcast, you've heard it here. We'll have Tyson on week 18. Go follow his show. Check out that. Go bother them and make them answer your questions. I'd love to see it. Um, but from the Crowdis's podcast, Kevin Masseri, Tyson, Mike and Meerkat. We'll catch you guys on the pregame show.